I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I Usually my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It is going to be a day today. History story is interesting, I should say. One of those things nobody knows about, but an interesting perspective. Going to add... Gonna add us, you know, it's it's something we wanna put a notch on the belt, I should say. We have somebody diving to a sunken ship. I'm going to explain why it's awesome. 
Andrew Cuomo. Is he going down? Is he not going down? I'm going to tell you what I think is actually going to happen from all this. And it's probably not what anyone else is saying right now. We have a teacher's union video. You know how I'm always saying, get your kids out of government schools. Um, if you haven't already pulled them out or at least have a desire to pull them out, this one may solidify it for you. There is a reason I say that all the time. But first, let's go back about 1,500 years or so, a little more than that, to a little place called the Byzantine Empire. The Byzantine Empire is simply this, the Eastern Roman Empire. I want to be clear about this. It's always taught as being the Byzantine Empire. It's one of the ancient great empires. Byzantines, it's the Byzantine. It's the Byzantine Empire, Constantinople, the Byzantine Empire, which I find to be the oddest thing in the world because if you asked anybody, Anybody who existed in that empire at the time and asked them what they were, not a single person in the empire would have said, oh, we're the Byzantine Empire. Every single one of them would have said, we're Roman. Oh, we're the Romans. It's just this weird part about history where historians looked at it and studied it. And there was this ancient city called Byzantium. It was an ancient Greek city. And they just decided to rename the empire something nobody in the empire would have called themselves. Brief, brief, you know, recap. Rome, because we're in the year 395 AD, 395 years after the birth of Christ, who Christ's people killed. We're not going to go into that right now. What, Chris? We're not going to go into that right now. But three, the year's 395. Rome is way, way, way past the Julius Caesar time. Rome had made every mistake an empire can make. You know, look around you, we're making all of them right now too. Eventually, Rome split up. It became the Eastern and Western Roman Empire. When you, when you find out about the Eastern and Western Roman Empire, here's all you need to know about. I shouldn't say all you need to know, but, you know, we always focus on the high points because that's all people remember. Just know this. The Western part was the part in very serious trouble. They didn't have near the financial resources. We'll go into why here in a minute. They had many more enemies right on their border. They ju it just was bad. The eastern part had all the people and all the money and all the resources and was much better off. But let's do away with that for now because by the, t by the time we're in our story here, you just don't even need to think about the Western Roman Empire. Let's go to the east, which is called the Byzantine Empire, which I guess we'll stick with. But again, just know they considered themselves to be Roman. This is a Christian empire. And there is no, so yeah, in your face, Chris, there is no separation of church and state here. And there's not in America either, I should, I should mention. Just, just know that that whole separation of church and state thing, it exists nowhere in the Constitution or Bill of Rights at all. In fact, the founders encouraged states all the time to get churches built. They, they, they thought that was a critically important part of a nation. Weird. Anyway. But there's definitely no church and state in the Byzantine Empire. 
The emperor is not considered a god. Obviously, it's a Christian empire, but he's also, you know, he's not a god, but he knows him really, really well. <laughs> one of those, one of those gods, you know, God's representative here on earth type thing. And that's that Rome ended 395. We're in the year 532. So we're about a hundred, you know, a little over a hundred years removed from when Rome's gone. Even though, like I said, these people consider themselves wrong. Let's go to Constantinople, modern-day Istanbul. And as I often do, now's the time I'm asking you, if you're not driving and you have a way you could do this safely, go to your phone, go to your computer, and pull up a map of Istanbul. What do you see? Zoom in, zoom out, what do you see? Focus, look right there to the right of it. You see that little strip of blue? That is a critically, critically important body of water in the world. Why? Well, here's why. You see down to the southwest of it, if you're driving, I'll I'll just lay this out out for you. To the southwestern part of that little blue strip is the Mediterranean which obviously gives you access to all of Northern Africa, all of Southern Europe, the Middle East, Turkey, Saudi Arabia. I mean, the Mediterranean is such a gigantically important body of water for trade and everything else. And the Mediterranean leads you right out to the Atlantic by water. Well, what's to the northeast of that little strait of water? The Black Sea. The Black Sea gives you an absurd amount of access to the Balkans. You're getting into Russia, Georgia. I mean, it, it, that was a long way of me saying Istanbul now, Constantinople back in the day, is a critically, maybe the most important geographical location you would want to seize in the world. And I realize that's a strong way to put it, but man, it's one of those things, it's it's. You're selling water in the desert. If you could just make sure you grab that with nothing else, just grab that and hold that, you're going to be rich. It's, it's, it's a stock that can't miss. Grab it, hold on to it for long enough, you're going to retire very wealthy. And that's where Constantinople was at this time. It is obviously, for reasons I just laid out, a booming megacity at the time. A million people. Gigantic, thought to be impregnable walls around it, although they will found out they will find out later on when the Ottomans come. That's not necessarily the case. But for the weaponry, I should to, in their credit, for the weaponry that existed at this time, it pretty much was impregnable. It was the trade route of the world, like for reasons I just laid out. It had, if you look, it's just a huge water all around it. And so they built themselves a robust navy to help protect all the merchant vessels, which just kept more and more money pouring in. They had, obviously, a barbarian border to the north, but it wasn't a big one. And they had so much money, it gave them the resources to fund an outstanding army and an outstanding military academy to train people to lead said army. And let's pause there for just a moment. 
as we have talked about a million times on the show, and this very much applies to today because we're going to have a a tough story to talk about today. I'll bring it up a little later on. Military guy wearing nail polish and such. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I know, Chris, it's that bad. But realize this. We love stories of American military prowess. Understandably, every nation in the history of mankind has loved to hear about their military victories and their veterans and how tough they are and we're tougher than you, and that's human nature. But there's something about that you have to understand. You really have to understand it. I will explain exactly what that is in a little bit in Diving for Sunken Treasure. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm going to do the best I can not to sound like your father here, but you need to take care of your health. And, and you know, as usual, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. I am now 39 years old. I'm not 19. I cannot sadly eat double cheeseburgers all day long, and I can't ignore my heart, and my blood pressure. My family history says I can't ignore my heart and my blood pressure. But, you know, I still have to live. I'm still me. Part of my routine, part of your routine should be eating two Super Beats heart chews every single day. It doesn't sound difficult because it's not difficult. They taste delicious. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. When you buy two bags, you get the third for free. Jesse Kelly. Is Andrew Cuomo going down for all this stuff? Oh, I I have what I think. I'll lay it out for you. It's not what everyone else is saying, and I have a different reasoning. I just just look at things differently. And as we all know, I'm the Oracle. So I'm probably what, Chris? So I'm probably right. Let's get back to our story here. I was, look, we're, we're in the year 532. We're talking about the Byzantine Empire, but I got briefly sidetracked because I was talking about how great the Byzantine military was. Their Navy, Army, they're great. We love to talk about our military, too. Funding is everything to a military. You like to imagine, and I like to imagine, same thing, our guys are tougher than their guys. They're tougher than their guys. Remember that line I stole from the movie Man on Fire? There's no such thing as tough. There's trained and there's untrained. Our military guys are tougher, air fingers quote, than their guys because our military guys have the money 
have the money to fund training facilities, bombs, bullets, live training at all times. Our guys have the money to do studies figuring out what makes you physically and mentally stronger. If you train for a year with an unlimited supply of money and you're training to kill me, at the end of that year, they're going to give you a gun of some kind and you're training to kill me. And during the course of that year, you spend all of your time shooting, moving, communicating. You have the best instructors money can buy. And I spend that year and I'm given 50 rounds a day in an empty spot of ground to train with. By the end of that year, I'm going to die. Does, is that because I'm not as tough? No. Money funds your military. The only reason I bring that up is this. When I talk about the debt, and I talk about how I'm not going to talk about the debt because nobody cares about it. There is a cost for running out of money, for destroying your dollar, for printing endless amounts of it. And part of that cost is that military toughness goes bye-bye when that money's gone. All right, setting that aside, I'm not going to get distracted anymore. In the Byzantine Empire, and obviously in the Roman Empire, this was big, there was this thing called chariot racing. Lots of you, especially older people, will have seen the movie Ben-Hur. I've seen the movie nine million times because my parents watched it. You never watched Ben-Hur? You know what? Never mind, Chris. Never mind. Just forget it. Forget it. You haven't seen The Godfather. I don't want to talk about it right now. You should see the movie Ben-Hur. It's a great movie, but it's one of those ones that's so old now. We're all so spoiled how movies look today. It probably looked like garbage. They probably remade it at some point, and it was garbage, but... Chariot races are a lot of what you'd think. You had a hippodrome. That's the that's the chariot racetrack. And you it's just like any sporting event today. Societies have sports. All of them do. Small little tribes have sports. Nations have sports. Like I've told you a thousand times, are sports leagues turning into these cultural Marxist commie disasters? Is actually, it has a real effect on America as a whole. Sports is critical for any nation. Every nation has ever, every single nation has known this. It brings society together. It gives people a distraction. It gives people entertainment. When yours becomes rotted out and wrong, it, it matters. Chariot races was the NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NBA and soccer all rolled into one. It was that big back in the day. In the Roman Empire, there were over 100 cities that had a hippodrome in it. This was what people did. You went to the chariot races. That was what you did. And oftentimes, there were two, three, four different teams now, we're going to focus on the task at hand here in the Byzantine Empire. By this point in time, there were two teams. This is how the chariot races worked. There were the greens and there were the blues. Yes, they labeled them by color. And for a chariot race, you would line up. There'd be 20, 22, 23, 24 races in a given day. You would line up against the other team. Uh, you know what a chariot looks like. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. And you would take off. And they would get up to 40 miles an hour on the long straightaways. But they were horrifically, horrifically dangerous because you would have to come to a virtual stop to make it around the corners sometimes. 
and then you get the acceleration going again and back up to 40 and come to a virtual stop and you're turning and you're against somebody else. People dying, bodies being mangled, unrecognized, I mean, horrific injuries was not something that happened now and then. It was it was the norm. And when I say it was the norm, I'll tell you this. I, I got obsessed with chariot racing last night. I kept digging into it. By the time I was done, I came to this conclusion. You remember how horrific the ancient Roman gladiatorial games were, right? We've talked about it a thousand times on the show. And they were. <laughs> Swords, spears, nets, go kill a guy. They, they didn't always fight to the death, but bloody, brutal, brutal. If you were to give me the option, Jesse, you can either pick up this, this, this gladius, the Roman sword and a shield, and go fight somebody in the arena to the death, or get in this chariot and have a chariot race. I'm not saying I would pick the gladiator fight, but I'm saying I'd have to sit and think about it. I'm serious. It, this chariot racing is violent. And that's part of why people loved it. When the chariots went over, they loved it. They, loved, they cheered. And you can rip on them. Oh, that's inhumane. Human nature hasn't changed, Jack. All right. Anyway, so most of the charioteers were slaves. All of them started out as slaves. It was not a high society thing. You could eventually get to the point of so much success, you could win your freedom or buy your freedom, but they started out as slaves. Slavery is a, a tough way to put it, though. The gladiators started out as slaves, too. Almost all of them were slaves, although there were freedmen who went back and did it. But just like the chariot guys, eh, slavery has different levels to it. There's slavery in the salt mines of Rome where you'll be worked to the death. And then there's being a gladiator or a charioteer. Um, let's see. You know, it's a family show. You're not sleeping alone. You have tons of money. You have all the food. You can eat. They were the rock stars, the professional athletes of their time. And there were guys, even after they bought their freedom, life was so good, although very dangerous, life was so good they stayed in it. One guy, maybe the most famous charioteer of all time, raced over 4,000 times, which is amazing. You could live that long, but, I mean, the greats stayed in it. It ain't a bad life. Why do you think professional athletes stay until well past their prime? Private jets, pretty girls, champagne, steak dinners every night. Tough to walk away from that and just be an average Joe. Tough to walk away from that. Now let's fast forward even more. We're now in the year 680 B.C. Remember, Rome fell 395. Constantinople founded 532. We're now 680 B.C. The leader of the Byzantine Empire is a man named Justinian. His wife is a man named Theodora. We'll do some more on Justinian another time. You should know he's got a really common background for royalty. He was considered a commoner, really. And that wasn't as bad as his wife's background. And this, this is going to be a little bit delicate. I... Do now and always will do a family show you can listen to with your children. And I'm going to be very delicate with how I explain Theodora here. But just there's your only disclaimer you're going to get from me. You know what the deal is with Theodora? 
I'm about to lay it out for you. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The Department of Homeland Security... They have an interesting message for illegal immigrants. Gosh. We'll get to that here in just a few. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Remember, you can call live. You can leave a voicemail. You can email. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions. We had a couple good emails we're going to get to. We had some great new podcast reviews I'm going to read on the show. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing after it's done on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review specifically discussing how handsome I am. There are over 500 of them now, and it's hilarious. Hilarious. I still get messages from people. I'll get texts from people I know. Hey, man, I was checking out your radio show reviews on iTunes. Do you know they're all talking about how handsome you are? Like, what is I thought it was a radio show. Like, what? It's the best. The confusion it brings out in people is it's the best. All right. Justinian is the emperor of the Byzantine Empire. His wife is Theodora. It was scandalous that they were the emperor and, I guess, empress, although that's not really what she was, because Theodora didn't come from high society, to put it mildly. Theodora was an actress. We have discussed this before on the show. Actors and actresses in ancient Rome were on the lowest rung of the societal ladder, they were just above slaves. It was considered to be, and this is real, it's how people thought, because of their mentality, the Romans looked down on them. Maybe that's healthier than how we look at them today, but still. It was considered to be a scandal if anyone in high society was seen even talking to one. It wasn't that they didn't want to go to the theater. It wasn't that they didn't want to go to a concert. But you go... You enjoy these commoners doing their music and their acting, and then you leave. 
Not only was Theodora an actress. Oh, man, this is a tough one. What, Chris? Quit laughing. I'm trying to figure out how to put this right on the show. She was an actress who would perform on the stage. She would, uh, you know what? She was more of a, you, you, it would not be a PG-13 show if Theodora was doing her acting that day, and that's as far as I'm going to say it, okay? If you can't read between the lines from there, then don't listen to my show anymore. That's as much as I'm going to say. But in all seriousness, think about this. Think what a scandal that would be today if you're setting aside anything. The president of the United States, Republican, Democrat, whatever. Think if the president of the United States married a, a, an adult film star. That would be a scandal today. It would be endless. The, the news stories they would write about it, the things they would say about her. Think what that would mean in a society that looked down on an actress, period. It was a big, big deal. High society did not like these people. The commoners did. In general, the commoners did. They related. They got it. It was fine. And what was funny was Justinian, Justinian and Theodora, they get elected and they actually become really, really, really strict religious people. I'm talking about persecutions of anyone who isn't a Christian. They'd force you into exile. They would kill you. If you wanted to, uh, if you, gay, oh, absolutely not. not. Not in that empire. And Justinian has some other things. I'm not trying to paint the guy in a bad light. He's very, very, very ambitious. He wants, remember, they consider themselves Roman. He wants Rome returned to the glory days. But you see, they did things differently back then. They understood the value of dollars. They understood you can't borrow until the end of time. That's not the way the economy works. If you want to conquer a bunch of Rome's old territory they used to have, you're going to have to pay the military. If you're going to pay the military, you need more money. If you're going to get more money, you're going to raise taxes. Justinian finds himself increasingly on the outs with his own people because he is raising taxes to fund his ambitions. And there was another thing. Remember the chariot races? The blues versus the greens? Theodora grew up, her father was associated with the greens. And then her father died. Her mother then goes to the greens and asks for help. It was obviously a huge deal then and now if a father passes away or runs out on his family like a dirt ball. A man needs to be there, take care of his family. She approaches the Greens. My husband's dead. He was a loyal Green. Could you please help me? They say no. She approaches the Blues. The Blues step in and help her out. She is now loyal for life to the Blues, as I've explained a thousand times. You run out on somebody when they're down, they will never forget it. You help somebody when they're down, they will never forget it. It does sound like a mob situation. And I, I, I may be confusing people when I say blues and greens. Remember, that was the two factions for chariot racing. You, should, you have to understand this. It, it went on well outside of the chariot racing events. This is not you showing up in your Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey with the New England Patriots on the other side, and he's in his jersey. 
This is not even the violent soccer hooligans you see in Europe. Yes, there were huge fights at the stadium, huge arguments. This stuff, these rivalries, they would go well outside of the chariot races. There were massacres routinely. They would get together and brawl to the death. This You would only hire greens or hire blues. This was how society divided itself. It was that deep. And there was an incident. There was another one of these massive brawls. People died. It was a huge, ugly incident. And there were a bunch of members of the Blues and Greens arrested after this because Justinian has had enough of these hooligans, which is what I'm calling them, causing all this civil unrest, fighting all the time. He just can't, he won't put up with it in the city. He arrests them. He's going to put them to death. He's going to hang them. Takes them out, hangs them. Boom. The gallows break. People in, in the ancient world, more so than today, people in the ancient real world associated everything with their religion. They, they understood. They weren't happy, but they understood putting some people to death for a big brawl. But if the gallows break, uh, clearly that's from God. Clearly, God doesn't want these people put down. The people start screaming for these people to be let go. That's clearly what God wants. This is divinity. Let these people go. Justinian, like I said, he's absolutely bent on stopping these things, stopping these brawls, will not let them go. He won't. This is a problem. Now, let's fast forward to the chariot race. The chariot race of this day was going to be an interesting one. There was something else that happened at the chariot races in the Byzantine Empire that was a bit unique. You see, like I said, the emperor was a big deal. He was a religious leader. He was all-powerful, so on and so forth. But at the chariot races, the emperor would attend. And at the chariot races, the commoners, the people in the crowd, could, should, and did often shout requests to the emperor. And they would gather in large groups so their requests could be heard clearly to the emperor. But this day, this was going to turn into more than just requests. This is this day is about to get ugly. I will finish this up and then it's on to Cuomo and ship diving and the military disaster and everything else. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? 
Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Remember, you can find me, the Shogun, on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. I'm on Locals. Let's finish this up because I have I do have to address this Andrew Cuomo thing. I have a completely different take on it from everybody else. We have some emails I need to get to today about plumbing. About the boat parade stuff I was talking about. We have podcast reviews. We got a big, big show today. Remember, we have World News with BK, Air Force PJ BK coming up in the third hour. I want to talk to him specifically about this bombing of Syria. You know how good he is on foreign policy. I want to know who we bombed, why we bombed them. We're going to break all that down in the third hour. But let's get back to this day. Remember, the crowd, the blues and the greens, they hate each other. They're rivals. The emperor and empress go to the games to see the chariot races. The crowd shouts requests. Today, the crowd starts shouting various requests. Sometimes opposing each other, sometimes not. But the crowd, they start to shout requests about the people who are locked up. Remember the gallows broke? They want these people released. And soon the blues and the greens, they join forces. This never happened. And they're shouting this request and shouting this request and shouting this request. And it's getting louder and louder. And in general, this is good natured. He's the emperor. It's starting to take on a more hostile tone and then a mocking tone and then an angry tone. And then really, really, really angry. So much so the emperor with his wife and his bodyguard gets up and flees this place, goes back to his palace, seals himself inside, and the crowd, we're talking 30, 40,000 people, turns into a violent mob. I'm talking a violent mob that heads to the local cop shop where the guys are being held and burns it to the ground. A mob that starts looting, pillaging, killing people in Constantinople. Justinian scared to death as this goes on for five days. Five days looting, burning, murdering. Justinian He wants to run. You see, this mob has gotten so powerful, they've appointed their own brand new emperor and seated him on the throne in the Hippodrome that Justinian usually sits in. It's that bad. Justinian wants to boogie. Theodora, apparently, by all accounts, had more guts than the husband. Essentially says to him, 
why would we run? It's better to be buried in some royal robes than die way later on like a commoner. Stick around. But Justinian did have one thing in his back pocket. There may be an angry, violent mob out there, but remember, Justinian had an awesome military and awesome generals, and finally he makes the call. Don't know whether this was a tough call or not. I'm assuming it was. He calls the general and says, come stop this mob now. The general takes his army, marches into the city, and this would be ugly, so it wouldn't be enjoyable, but this is one of those historical events I wish I could have seen. The army manages to get most of the mob corralled back into the Hippodrome, back into the stadium, although they were obviously looting all over the place. The stadium was kind of headquarters for them. They seal them inside. 30 thousand people and they kill every single one of them slaughter every single one of them now here's a question for you we usually cap this off with a lesson of some kind but here's a question for you was that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do Where do you fall? You just murdered with a sword and spear. You just murdered 30,000 of your own citizens. It's hard to defend anything like that ever. That's pretty much the worst thing in the world. But should you have handed the Byzantine Empire over to an angry hooligan mob? Would that be better in the long run? Would the people be governed better? Would more than 30,000 lives be lost if you had handed control over to this mob? I'm not taking a position because there is no good position. But that's my point, and that's the lesson we have to have today. You have to understand, and I have to understand, that life is not like the books and the movies. Lots of the time. Lots of the time in life, personal life, political, business-wise, there aren't good decisions, good choices to make that make you and I feel good. Sometimes it's all bad. That's life. Let's talk about Andrew Cuomo. Hang on. Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. 
That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council. We have a first in the history of the Jesse Kelly Show, the long, long, like less than three-year history of the Jesse Kelly Show. This is the first time this has ever happened. Jewish producer Chris has come up with a good idea. He said during the break, he said, this reminds me of the bombing of Hiroshima and, and, and Nagasaki, where there is no good choice to make. We made the right one, but... Yeah, we incinerated a lot of women and children with those bombs. And he said, I should do a show on that. And I can't believe I've never done one on it. Tomorrow. I've never given away what I'm talking about either. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be atom bomb day. So we're going to be discussing nuclear weapons. Gosh, it's going to be sweet. A little terrible, but it's going to be sweet. There you go. I gave that away. 877 Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. This Andrew Cuomo thing's getting bad. I have a different opinion on it than everyone else. I'll explain. Hang on. Kelly show your holster is way more important than you think it is it's just way more important than you think it is what look and I get that the holsters not the sexy part of carrying firearms right you want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition you, you want to talk about your safety training you want to talk about how you did at the range oh look at my groups I was doing these failure drills today and all that stuff's really important I mean really really important I'm not discounting that but I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.